I used to buy like Total Football magazine in uh, in the nineties. And oh, you um, absolute lad. Yeah, and they had like um, uh, one issue that gave away a CD full of football songs, and that was like the opening track. Wow, was the sound recording of that guy going? <laughs> Can you hear me, Henry Cooper? What to like, Lady kind of, Diana? Kind of, some kind of thumping like a uh, big beat, beat or something. No, that was it. It was just it was the, the sound mm, thing. Mm, mm, mm. Your boys mm, mm. like that. That <laughs> yeah. was. Yeah, well, it could have been, but it wasn't. I'm glad this is recording, so we can start a football podcast as well. Yeah, exactly. We can, uh, yes, <laughs> conquista go- goals. Oh. <laughs> Man, the uh, the brand continues ever outwards. Yeah, it's just no, 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 never Wait, mind. Consider it some more. No, no, just no. TNA, no, nope. <laughs> no TNA, no. Yeah, no. So is. Jordi are going to be arriving eating food tonight. Um, I cannot state confirm either way. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny. He might well. My client Jordi Al. My client Jordi Allen, the conqueror <laughs> of the kebab. Conqueror of the kebab. Ethan was. Uh, we had like a party at my uh, mother-in-law's last week. We last, and whenever Ethan yeah. walked into the room, he had my phone and he was going. Actually, can you hear my fan at all? If I strain to hear it, yeah, but not. Nah, I might leave it on then. Call failed. What? Here we go. Hello. Hey. hey. Are you eating something else? Yes. <laughs> what are you eating? I'm now? eating a, ch- a chicken sandwich. It's my tea. I think it's going to be a regular thing now. Jordi L's the food spot on the podcast. <laughs> Jordi L's culinary wonder. <laughs> What was it last time? Was it a burger and chips? Yes, burger and chips last time. <laughs> now we got a chicken sandwich. <laughs> what wonders await us through our, our culinary trip through the Geordie Wonderland? Have I said before that I had like a six foot tall Newcastle Brownell cam when I was a kid? I think you have. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, Ewan says fuck the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you it still says Coalfield. I don't know what to go with now at the start, at the start of the uh, show, whether this or Jordi L's food. I'm just getting some Frosties. All right. <laughs> All right. Is that pudding, is it? Frosties for pudding? <laughs> yep. Well, a Frosty bar. That's a Frosty bar. You don't have... You don't You don't eat your Frosties like a normal man. No, it, it's all in one bar. <laughs> oh. What was that? What kind of noise was that? I'm just getting in the bed. <laughs> this, pod- this podcast is tiring work. Can you ask your clearest whisper? <laughs> oh, the podcast song. Oh god, I got to start with that now. I'm opening Tony Tiger. Why? Right, we'll let Al finish his, um, his rusty bar before he <laughs> crinkles his way through the entire podcast. <sighs> did you see Al's crane? I did. Hey. <laughs> I love my crane. There's literally four things I can start this podcast with. I don't know what I'm going to do here. Just montage them together. That's all I can do. Sure. I just think it should be like the Rocky music and then a montage of Alisms all the way through. <laughs>
I think ending on I'm opening Tony the Tiger. The <laughs> Eye of the Tiger. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Right. right. It does sound like some um, kind of weird sexual comment, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm a baby, I'm just going to open Tony the Tiger. <laughs> All the way. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm all in bed now. We're ready to begin. Welcome to the Conquistables. Tonight, witness a tornado tag team frenzy as the Conquistables battle to find out who is... The greatest tag team of all time. Approaching the ring, the Legion of Cameron Phillips, the Ewan Taylor Boy, the Phil Doyle Express, and Jordy Allen Milburn. Only tonight on the Conquistables. You right there, Al. Sorry, Frosty went down the wrong way. Sorry. <laughs> Al's in Al's in bed and he's going down the wrong way. <laughs> well, all I want is just once for us to start the podcast in like a semi-professional manner, both on time <laughs> and without food and or people being in bed. <laughs> just once, you know. I don't ask for much. No, well, I don't. It, does, it doesn't matter where you do the podcast. <laughs> it doesn't, does it? It doesn't, I suppose. It doesn't. <laughs> Anyway, shall we uh, get rolling? Oh, Cameron's in the room. I need to play the uh, Bobby Roode's NXT music. Glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. That's another half an hour done of the podcast with Bobby Roos Music. Anything else? So, podcasting about wrestling, yeah? Yeah, that's that's the one. That's what we're here for. <laughs> that's good. How is it? We got all four together. Were you on the last one all together, were we? Um, were we? No, I think Ewan was missing, wasn't he? Yeah, so it's just, I think us three talking about Survivor Series 1990, which uh, hasn't been entered yet. By the time people actually listen to this, it will be and out in the world. Good. Yes. We'll, be, we'll be able to get the deluge of um, listener responses that we always are now yes. become accustomed to. You mean from our two listeners? Yes. Kevin and Derek. Hello, Kevin and Derek. Hey. hey. It's always nice to know that somebody appreciates uh, spending like four hours of our time trying to record a podcast. Yeah. Because of technical issues and whatnot. That's kind. That's good. Good to know that we're reaching somebody. Oh, well, we always reach out. Whether we uh, succeed or not is, is entirely... Um, accidental. <laughs> okay, bit weird, but we'll carry on. <laughs> How's everybody doing? 
I'm not bad at all. I'm not bad at all. I'm, I'm, I'm full. <laughs> Al's eaten. Al's eaten. It's all good. How was Ewan? Ewan oh, is apparently dead. Ewan has seemingly dropped off the face of the earth having been here two seconds ago. Has he fallen down the mines again? I don't know if he's fallen down the mines again, I'm not sure, but he has fallen off the call again. power of seamless editing will just segue into you and saying how he is i am very well thank you i am quite happy because next week i'm going to see iron jew live in person oh yeah because it's the fringe isn't it he's all around no he's coming to kamarnock oh is he oh hello he's, he's coming to my local promotion lucky old you so we're having i think it's colt cabana and grado against shah samuels and i forget the fourth person somebody else somebody else but yes that's good i think he's been down to like bristol so I probably could have gone to see him if I'd known about it, but it, otherwise, it's like London and the north he goes to, I think. Generally. I'd like to be Cork He seems like a nice uh, fellow. Also, on a random note, Al, have you heard um, some news? What news is that? That the square goal this, this coming year is coming to Newcastle. Oh, Cameron told me. I'm sure he did. Yes. I did. A, I did. A Geordie square goal. Yes. How is that different from a regular square goal? It's more dangerous. Oh, nice. But I, I do find that, I don't know, I just thought it was it was the hometown in Glasgow. It seems a bit weird. There has been a lot of moaning from certain sections of ICW fans about how they're starting to move what is considered to be the big shows out of Glasgow, which is ridiculously stupid because it's oh, yeah. just like, well, there was someone seriously having a moan that, oh, England gets all the major ICW shows now. That is incorrect. Like, that would be pretty stupid seeing as it would be two months after Fear and Loathing at the Hydro in November yeah. in Glasgow. And um, I reckon it's a good thing. I reckon it's a fantastic yeah, thing. It you know, just that, proves yeah. that like, it's not just a Scottish thing. You know? It's not just a no, thing up I, there. It's getting like a wider audience across the country. Yeah, exactly. As one of sort of Britain's... Because when you're thinking about UK wrestling now, what you've got ICW, probably Progress. Progress, PCW. Um, yeah, and Rev Pro. So. It's kind of your four big one, biggest ones. Mm. I mean, obviously they're you know if ICW want to come do shows, sort of you know a little bit across the border, mm. then fair enough. I mean, yeah, you know, it only helps everything if they all get bigger, so therefore they can pay the guys more money, so therefore they can do better wrestling. And just yeah, exactly. Of, it just gets better and better. Exactly. Doesn't it? The product is better. 
The best reason for being anti the Newcastle Square goal was one guy who went on the message board and said, oh, it's a stupid idea because folk from Newcastle won't even know what a square goal is. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think we can figure it out. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's a, a, a fair fight. <laughs> uh, should I do some other like, wrestling stuff that's happened since the last show? Very oh. quickly. Well, I think the last time we recorded, it was like a few days before the brand, uh, brand split. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we had like all the NXT guys on the main roster. So Nia Jax is on there, America Alpha is on there, Finn Balor is on there now. Finn Balor. Or, or, or the Demon King is his yeah. new He's just walked straight into a main event at SummerSlam with Seth Rollins <laughs> for, the, yeah. uh, for the WWE Universal Belt. Would he have got that, though, if Roman Reigns hadn't been done for his drugs? Um, his fail- well, failing his wellness test for whatever reason they haven't quite given yet? I think so. Sure. Because he pinned Roman Reigns on Raw to get this title shot. Yeah. And now Roman Reigns is very much stuck in a feud with Rusev for the US title. <laughs> it does seem a bit like he's going to be pushed down a little bit just to kind of put him in his place kind of thing. Which yeah. He needed it in the first place. He needed a run with the US belt or the Intercontinental belt. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, will that long term probably benefit Roman yeah, Reigns more? help him. Because he won't be seen as, oh, they're just picking yeah. him because he's their favourite. What they should do is look how they treated The Rock. Like, The Rock came in, was pushed, no one liked him, so they turned him heel and put a belt on him for a bit, and he got over. So they should do that with Roman Reigns, because you know, a heel run first generally works for characters. You know, yeah. Heel run, flipping baby face, big popularity. But anyway, too much, too much. Um, we've had the G1 Climax, I think, finish Sunday just gone. Yeah. Had, uh, I think I've not watched any matches yet, but apparently some crackers in there. Uh, is it Ishii versus Okada's meant to be good? Ishii Okada's good. Ishii Tanahashi's good. Um, was Big Mike in a good one? Big Mike was a good match, wasn't it? Was it Big Mike yeah. Shibata? Yes, it was. Yeah. And then the the, uh, the final match, uh, Naito versus Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Apparently I've seen that called a five-star match of the year candidate. There was some ridiculous spots during that match, including Kenny Omega doing some kind of twisting dive, getting the fourth row. Yeah, I saw that. That looked like he killed himself, near enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but speaking of Match of the Year candidates, the Cruiserweight Classic's been on, and it's been fantastic. Oh, it's been so good. Like, I like the Cruiserweight Classic. It was good. And then I was enjoying every... I don't think it's been a bad match on the show so far. They've all been good. And then we oh. got to the, the last match of the round, the first round of uh, oh, yeah. Gargano versus Champa, which was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. On all levels, was brilliant. Was. And then the week after, he followed it with Cedric Alexander versus uh, Coach Ibushi, which was yep. like somehow even better. Yep, and I think that's pretty much cemented uh, Cedric Alexander probably going to get signed now. Yeah, but it was it was it was amazing, amazing. It was, you know, was amazing. So <laughs> yeah, that was really good. So you know, it's been good wrestling recently. And there's the, we had Will Ospreay versus Vader. That happened as well. Yeah, and Vader went over. Yay! Yay! <laughs> of course it's always we all know what side Jordi Al's going to be on <laughs> of course we do so that, there's lots of stuff but I think those are some good things to watch like, I want to try and pick up some of the G1 because I missed loads of it this year but enough about that wrestling what, what are we doing with this show Cameron well the last time we did one of these round table things it was um, the best Intercontinental title match 
Which and, nobody uh, won, as far as, I, as far as I can recall. Which I think, if we if we, if we recall correctly, I won. <laughs> and we all we all agreed at the end that the best Intercontinental title match was um, Razor Ramon versus John Michaels. Begrudgingly. Uh, I don't uh, think we all agreed. <laughs> no, no, it was a political process, Al. We all voted for it in the end, and in the end, that won. You did, uh, you bastard. Hey, hey, that's slanderous. So, <laughs> accurate. Um, we're going to do now. We've been through a sort of full round of the pay per views. We thought we'd come back to the round table um, format, and tonight it's um, best tag teams. Best tag teams. Mm. So we best all get to pick, we all get to pick one tag team which we feel has resounded throughout the ages, and um, we had not a, not maybe an example of their their greatest ever match, but a good example of what they they, they did. Um, and then we all sort of have an argument, and then we decide that my choice is fine, and <laughs> then we all we all call it a night. Guys, guys, That's... don't worry, don't worry. I, I can edit, I can edit his audio out of this whenever he needs it to. So don't worry about what he says. It'll be, it'll com- be completely different when the final you know show comes out. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll be dictator Phil <laughs> talking. <laughs> you'd be, be, be the start of that word anyway. I, uh, <laughs> oh. Whoa! Hang on. Don't get a bit awkward around here, is it? Let's go. All right, so who's going to start first anyway, this shower and nonsense? I think the agreement was we were going to do it in sort of chronological order of teams, were we not? Starting oh, yes. with the yeah. most recent and then working our way down. Because, spoilers. Well, friends, I guess I'm last, isn't it? Exactly. We are, <laughs> Jordi Al's well, got a secret pick. The, the logic being, Al, that yours is a surprise, so we save the surprise for last. Okay then, let's get let's get on with it. Let's just, go. Just don't fall asleep in your bed, out, please. Yeah, I think looking at the calendar of of dates, that would be you and would go first. Sounds like me. So my choice might be seen as a controversial choice because it's not a tag team that's fairly old in the annals of time. But and it's not Japanese. That. That's the controversy. Shut up. Sorry, it's not it's not Kai and Tai, no. <laughs> Damn it, Al. No, it's not Kai and Tai. But it's a team that I think sort of came about early brand, early first brand split brand split 1.0 and i think the fact they were on one show exclusively really helped them out and this team is the team of charlie haas and shelton benjamin otherwise known as team angle but otherwise known as the world's greatest tag team And I think because it helped give SmackDown an identity early in the day, you know, it was a really technical team. They were dirty as hell, but they could actually go in the ring as well. It wasn't a matter of, yeah, there's two great heroes. They can, you know, mess about, cheat, but they actually could wrestle as well. And they could wrestle really, really well. Was this when, was Kurt Angle still a heel then, was he, when he first teamed with them? Yes. This, but this whole kind of period, I didn't really watch that much, so I am aware no, of them, but not much. They were, they were, they were, they were brought in as um, his stooges for Team Angle. Um, just, just a quote from uh, Wikipedia here. The tag team made their debut on the December the 26th, 2002 edition of SmackDown. Paul Heyman introduced Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas under the name Team Angle as a gift to his top client, Kurt Angle. <laughs> wow. So... So, a white man giving a black man away is a gift. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. <laughs> to another white guy. Yeah, sure. Um, 
although I'll just interrupt on a sad note. Um, Shelton Benjamin wasn't supposed to be, be a member of the team. Was he not? Was he not? It was supposed to be Russ Hass, I believe his name was, which was Charlie oh, Hass's brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he sadly passed away. I was trying to remember when I was watching, because we all picked an example of matches to watch, as I say. Um, and you and I'll tell you in a minute what, what match it was. But I remembered um, Charlie Haas having... I was trying to work out what he had written on his... Um, yes, that's correct. His wrist yes. tape. Yeah. And I oh, could not remember. I was like, going, oh, God, he's got something. And he's got Ross I was trying to remember. Tape. Yeah, he's got a rush written on his oh, that tape. That makes so much more sense now. Yeah, that's his... That's his um, was it? It was his brother. It was, I'm sure it was his brother, yeah. Brother, yeah. Yeah, it was, wasn't just a made-up kind of... You know, they didn't just make him up as giving the same but, name as a kind of kid. They don't do made-up brothers in wrestling. <laughs> They're all brothers. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, carry on, Ewan. Sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I say, so as Cameron said correctly, you know, they were a gift from Paul Hewan and Storyline to Angle, and basically it was to give Angle two stooges that could do his dirty work. I mean, Angle great, as always, and... As as Team Angle, they worked really, really well. You know, they got themselves over his heels quite easily um, because they were so good. They knew they were so good, and they they, they took you know pride in showing how good they actually were. And uh, within a week of them debuting, uh, well, actually, sorry, within about two months of debuting, they had the WWE Tag Team Championships. So that says something. Um, February the 6th, um, they defeated Los Guerreros. They did. So these they are the belts that were on SmackDown that are still active now, aren't they? I think yes. the lineage, right? So they're the belt, same true. belts that the New Day currently got, aren't they? Mm, yes, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the others were the World Tag Team Championships. Yeah. And obviously they didn't look like giant pennies back then. They looked like good belts. I hate, I hate those tag belts so much. <laughs> they are so fucking stupid. <laughs> Like, look at me! I've got a, a coin from Blackpool Tower or something. No, it's got Sp- it's got a Spartan on it because you know Sparta. <sighs> no, but anyway, just, the belts back then were good. They were they were very very good, and also just been the SmackDown belt. There was a blue tinge to all the text and everything. But um, basically, what happened was they went on a tear for a while, and then the summer came around uh, because Haas and Benjamin were losing. Angle fired them, and from that point, the decided to get a new identity. Originally, they called themselves the best tag team period, which was a terrible name. Terrible name. And then they were known as the self-proclaimed world's greatest tag team, or just the world's greatest tag team for short. Um, shortly after being fired, they regained the tag team championships again from Eddie Guerrero and Siri. And then they moved on to... Well, it's quick for you moving on to the match I selected for um, these two. was Vengeance 2003, SmackDown's first brought all the first SmackDown only pay-per-view and it was the world's greatest tag team defending against Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman two-time WWE tag team champions but tonight a real tough task against the number one contenders Mysterio and Kidman well the world's greatest tag team and the tag team champion Haas and Benjamin these young men these athletes were bred to be champions which is a cracker of a match it's a great 16-minute match. It's not a long match, but they cram so much into it. Yeah, 60 minutes for a tag team match, though. That, especially that time is pretty good, though. Mm, absolutely. Like, hadn't, like, with the brand split, there can be kind of like a, a great sundering of all the tag teams. Yep. Because, like, Vincent Mann was like, no more tag teams, or something along those lines. So, <laughs> Do that impression again. No more no more tag teams, pal. <laughs> it's like, 
Where did Mark Dallas take over um, (laughs) Shut up! Jesus. You make me puke. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm just kind of randomly saying things. <laughs> but the point is, that's why we're all quiet. Like the point is, at the time, that the, like all the kind of big tag teams have been split, and they were just kind of being single guys, weren't they? So, yeah, like an it's actual just... proper tag team was kind of um, interesting. It was interesting because, well, like you say, it was the rest of the tag teams were just two singles guys smooshed together. In this case, Mysterio and Kevin, but Mysterio and Kevin worked because they're both high flyers. They were both quick in the ring and. They seemed to go really well with the worst tag team because it was two different styles, but somehow they actually worked. Oh, it was the scientific wrestling versus the high flying. Yeah. Or as Jim Cornette would put it, wrestling against flippy dudes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, Benjamin and Haas are quite big. They, they, they can like throw Rey Mysterio around to make yeah. him look good, can't they? Cause... Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be Al celebrating throwing Rey Mysterio around. I've... I've lost track of my point now the point is like they, they can like accentuate his flippiness by them being able to throw him around quite easily which and it makes Ray look good because he can like throw these big guys around as well with his move so it kind of works on both sides doesn't it like yep. did 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 Hafsa Benjamin end up straddled over the middle rope by any chance during the oh, match um, you'll, you'll, did you see this match Al <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm just just guessing that spot may have occurred. Did you, during the did match. you no? Well, it, it happens once when um, Haas ends up on the middle rope and Remy Stewart does his run up to go into six one nine, but Shelton Benjamin's at the other side of the ring and just pulls his leg and smacks him into the ring apron. Yeah. So you'll you'll enjoy that a little bit, but yeah, he does get it. All, he does get it connected later on Haas. Mm-hmm. Of course so. he does. And then I bet I bet of all the other matches on the card, um, other people had their um, they were straddled on the middle rope in the same position. No, no, uh, no. I'll actually funny. No, it's funny. It only seems to happen in Rey Mysterio matches, though, isn't it? Funny, funny. Yeah, it's always wow. a bit strange. Yeah, people seem to flop against that middle rope. Jordy Al's playing hardball tonight, isn't he? <laughs> he is indeed. He is indeed. I was studs up from the behind on you and there that was right in the back of the ankle that was that's oh, unnecessary I can actually feel that you kind of hurt <laughs> <laughs> well no I, I wasn't taking the piss out of Charlie Ass. I was just taking the piss out of uh, yeah, Ray Mysterio, Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's true it's not even the right tag team is it <laughs> on a side note though during his WWF run just to, just as a brief brief note I can never work out the anomaly that is Billy Kidman right yeah. because he comes across although he's skillful and he's a really good wrestler character wise it comes across as really dull. Hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah this, is, this is a man who I think is still in a relationship with Tony Wilson. Correct. So all I'm saying is he must have something. Um, well, he's money. Your dad's around. <laughs> he does well, a pretty good shooting star press, isn't he? Throwing it off the rope in the match. That's good. Well, can he do it off the wardrobe? I assume he can if he's still married to her. Well, possibly, yes. Anyway, moving on. Anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> completely gone off track. So, World's Greatest Tag Team. Yes. <laughs> so, they, were, they basically ran rough show of the tag team division for 2003-2004, but then, during the draft lottery, they got split. Ah. Like every bloody sent, tag team. John Bedroom was sent to Raw, Charlie Ass was sent to SmackDown, but basically, in, on the Raw, Shelton Benjamin became a single superstar. He won the Intercontinental Championship. By beating Randy Orton. But then didn't Shawn Michaels kill him? Shelton landing on his feet. Oh, oh, oh my God in heaven. The sweet tin music. It is at the gimmick. He hit the kick his head off. 
Uh, yes, Shawn Michaels killed him in that spot you see over and over again where he attempts to jump off the top rope and gets a super kick of death. That's a pretty well, good well, spot, man, I tell you. That's a good spot. What was Benjamin's nickname? I can't think of what it is. Uh, was it, was it Shel- uh, Shelto? Was this not when they got a... It was the gold standard, wasn't it? Gold it was standard, standard, that's it, that's it, that's that it. it. I yeah, remember but it. They, brought, they brought in his mother. Oh, don't <laughs> oh, let's not do this. Which Come on. is a kind of promising. I, I do believe that Jim Ross has said on the um, the JR report that or the Ross report that um, he regards Shelton Benjamin as the biggest waste, uh, like lost opportunity that he, in his time in the WF WB. Well, the do say he didn't put enough effort in. He just did just enough effort to have good matches where he could have had. Like, you know, that, excellent matches. Wait, hold on, hold on. Isn't that the goal, to have good matches and not put somewhat a lot of effort in? No, but I think the thought, if he put that little extra in, he could really have headline matches, you know, rather than just opening or mid-card matches or whatever. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because he went to, he was in New Japan, wasn't he? But was he the Suzuki Gun? He was part of the Suzuki Gun, yes. He still is actually in pro wrestling Noah to date. Yeah. Because he was, uh, it wasn't the rumor he was going to come back to WWE, and then he did his shoulder in. So he's got like it wasn't. It wasn't a rumor. He was announced on the first episode of the Brand Split. Oh, he was. Yeah, I remember the screenshot. Back. He was, wasn't he? Then on Twitter about um, two weeks ago, he said that they apparently, as the standard procedure is, before signing a WWE contract, he had to have a medical. And, and what failed. what he thought was a mild twinge in his shoulder was actually a separation. Oh, nice. So he's going to have to go and have surgery. So he'll be out for about. Four or five months, apparently. Well, that's so, what, isn't that what took out um, Cesaro last year? That kind of injury, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah pretty yep. much. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to be messing with shoulder injuries. Nope. No. No. Nope. Because you get end up like Kadeo Itami, who has that really scathed looking scar on his shoulder now. Mm. They sort of ran along separately. Shelton Benjamin had a run on um, WWE ECW as well. Um, and then eventually gets drafted to SmackDown, and then eventually he left in about 2010. So did Charlie Haas, and then they went to Ring of Honor. Didn't yeah. didn't Charlie Haas go on to form a better tag team in WWE? I don't remember. With uh, Rico. Oh Jesus! I think um, you'll also find that Charlie Haas was um, the reason why Al nearly cacked his pants at a house show um, <laughs> in Newcastle. <laughs> Story tell. Um, well, you might remember that um, at one point in his latter WWE career before he left, Charlie Haas had, a, had the kind of gimmick where you imitate other gimmicks. Oh, yes, the Damien Sander gimmick. <laughs> yes, the Damien Sander, the big show gimmick. Everyone, uh, you know, every mid-carder's had it at one stage. At some point, they have to do it. At like right some passage, point, yep, 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 yep. Uh, Curtis Axel's had it, you know. You might remember he did an entire UK tour as Hass Hogan. <laughs> so, we're sat there in the Metro Arena in Newcastle, around about 2008, November of. And all of a sudden, they announced that there's going to be a match. I can't even remember who came out first when his opponent came out. And it was we D'Lo got, Brown. Was it D'Lo Brown? <laughs> yes. And we got. For this God. And, and we got. We got. Dun, 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 and for a split was. second, as ridiculous though it sounds, I'm pretty convinced <laughs> that Al thought that Hulk Hogan had made his WWF return to a house no. show in Newcastle. No, I, I read. I read Hass Hogan was on the card. 
So but, you weren't supporting the biggest direction known to mankind then? Oh, it was still great just to see his entrance. Even though it wasn't him, it was still good to see. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That that there is a level of fandom I just can't quite fathom. Oh, <laughs> to well, still be excited about a fake person coming to the ring with his music. I think it's, I think it's the same reason why people still go and see Elvis impersonators though, you know? <laughs> Like, like the honky tonk man <laughs> like the honky tonk man can you tell me the way to the WCW <laughs> um yeah that's good to know how the world, world's greatest tag team ended up in Japan yeah. and doing a Hulk Hogan gimmick. <laughs> well, it worked out fairly well for some of them. <laughs> I, I, I did think they had fairly good music. I always liked the uh, the world's greatest tag team music. Yeah. The little little jingle at the start, I always liked that. Mm. I've totally skipped that from my head. Oh, it's a, it's a good little tune you should listen to. Yeah. The only problem is that, like any kind of wrestling music I listen to, it's just uh, glorious from the Bobby Gould's entrance. That's it. Glorious. I was playing that driving to work this morning, and I felt so great. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Oh boy, that's another half best. an hour of the podcast gone there to listen to it over and over again. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that is uh, the the summarization of of uh, the world's greatest tag team. Well, I agree. Um, we're both quite suited to you know for each other and also one of the key things about a good tag team is that they kind of work well together i know it sounds so obvious no but it does help but it does help a hell of a lot and they outfits both... the similar kind of like moves actually you do together as opposed to your own moves yep. done while the other person's out the ring yeah and also they survive tag teams such as the highlanders and crime team exactly exactly yeah. no american alpha though are they though let's be honest with ourselves Oh, controversial. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it's 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 when you look while well, I was watching this match, I was kind of thinking it's SmackDown pay per view, and there's a tag team with two amateur college wrestlers <laughs> together. <laughs> Ready with one, Gable. Well, yeah, one white guy and one black guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hang has, on a has, minute. <laughs> has anything changed? <laughs> Same as it ever was. Same, Same as, as it, it ever was. was. <laughs> Not this again. <laughs> So, um, yeah. So, are we, are we all just sort of gathering together and we're deciding at the end, yeah, once we go through everyone's... Yeah. I'll do yeah. mine next. Yeah. If you think you know me... You think you know me, see what he's done you've done there oh done there. subtle nice there because my tag team who I picked for the best tag team ever are the team that reeks of awesomeness that is Edge and Christian wow yes 
And the match I picked, uh, I would probably say, is the kind of coming out match, which is the uh, the ladder match, the end of the uh, Terry Invitational Tournament. Ah, uh, T80. Come to that again in a bit. Uh, no Mercy 1999 against the Hardy Boys, or the New Brood, or whatever they're called at the moment. To be accompanied to the ring by King Krell, at a combined weight of 431 pounds, Matt and Jeff. Now, I just want to lay the scene before I get into this, about where the tag team belts were at this time, because 1999, we're in kind of prime attitude era WWE, yeah? Yep. Like, big, big hits. Okay, so, so let me go through. Let me find the website again. Okay. Start at 99. The belts are with Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. Ready, rest in peace. They switch to Kaylin X Pack and then the Acolytes and then to the Hardy Boys for about a month. Then back to the Acolytes, back to Kaylin X Pack, to the Unholy Alliance of Big Show and Undertaker. Then across to the Rock and Sock Connection, back to the Holy Alliance, back to the Rock and Socks, over to the New Age Outlaws, back to the Rock and Sock Connection for about six days, over to the Holly Cousins, which is Crash Holly well. and Hardcore Holly, uh, over to Mankind and Al Snow, then back to the New Age Outlaws. There's 15 title changes in 99 across there. 15 title changes. Two of those are on pay-per-views. All the rest... <laughs> really? Yeah. All the rest are on Raw or SmackDown, all the way down. It would be off the top of my head. The SummerSlam one was on pay-per-view. Yeah. And the Acolytes was up fully loaded. Was it? Because uh, it was the taker, wasn't it? Taker in um, Big Show against uh, X-Pac and K, and that was at uh, SummerSlam, yeah. I think. So, and like... Uh, so at the time of No Mercy, the belts with the Rock and Sock Connection, who aren't even defending it on this pay-per-view. Um, the match before this match is um, The Rock versus somebody who I've forgotten, but it's not important. Billy, Billy, no, Billy Gunn, SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh... It's somebody else. Um, but The Rock comes down to the match without even wearing his tag team belt, which is picked up on by Jerry Lawler. They're kind of running it as like splitting up that tag team with The Rock and Sock more than the actual belts being kind of champions themselves. Look at that picture. What's wrong with that picture of The Rock when you look at it? Anything? Can't see. You can't, huh? No, what? Don't see anything missing? Look at it right there, right now. What's missing? Oh, no. How about the WWF Tag Team title belt? Rock has come out here without it. That could be a bad omen. That could be unlucky. There's a single competition, though, King. Why would yeah, it? but still, I mean, you know, if you're, you're one half of the WWF Tag Team Champion, you want to carry that belt around everywhere. So tag teams at the moment weren't taken that seriously. Probably no. like the kind of only over proper tag team was the New Age Outlaws, but that's probably more because of DX more than anything else, to be honest at this point. So when you've got the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian coming to the ring for this ladder match, I don't think that, you know, there was much kind of... Was, was The Rock fighting the Bulldog? I've just Yes, I've he just was, yeah. Bulldog. Yeah, 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 he was, yeah. yeah. See what was. The big palace shit. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, at this point, The Rock is red hot, and like they're following that match. So at the start of this match, the crowd are just dead, essentially. They, they kind of pop the entrance because 
Uh, Edge and Christian coming out the crowds, so they got that kind of entrance because they've just split from Gangrel, who's now teamed with the Hardy Boys. So the Hardys have got the fire entrance. Yep. So they get a big pop at the start, but then the crowd's quite dead at the beginning of this match. And it's such disasters as uh, China and Jeff Jarrett in a good housekeeping match. Exactly. <laughs> it's not been a good pay for you so far. <laughs> and there's even like a weird botch at the beginning of the match where um, Edge and Christian throw the Hardys into the ropes and Matt Hardy somehow falls through the middle rope. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, this isn't going to start well. Yeah, so it's like, oh God, I'm going to start a ladder match. But then yep. over the next however long it is, uh, 20 minutes, 20 minutes yeah. you get the template of the matches that would lead to the match that stole WrestleMania 17. And the seesaw spot of doom. Yes. All these kind of crazy high spots with ladders that you wouldn't necessarily see in a normal match because they kind of reinvent the ladder match for tag teams in a way that's not really been done before. And Edge and Christian got a large part of that because they're amazing. Even though at this point, again, I'm not in their career, they just slipped from Gangrel, so they weren't allowed to talk. They were basically just like two big dudes who didn't really say much. And then it was over the kind of next year or so that they kind of migrated to that into their surfer dude personality. They so. came out. They came out of skin basically. Sort of. They came out from under Gangrel's control and discovered themselves and thought we are the tits. Yeah. So once they kind of you had this match, which as noted was the final of the Terry Invitational Tournament. Oh God! Because as good as this <laughs> match is, like half of the commentary is just Jerry Lawler like talking about how he basically wants to rape Terry, <laughs> essentially. I still say the $100,000 is less important to these guys than Terry Runnels. Well, if you had oh, seen what I saw. This match is about over. Up in the rap. Christian going up. Boy, as much as I'd like to have been involved in this tournament, as much as I'd love to have the services of Terry, I don't think I'd like to be in this ladder match. Did you see that shot from the camera in the roof? That was amazing. Still not as good as the shot I had earlier. I don't think so. Nobody has a better shot at that than that was very amazing. You did. Oh god! It's, all, it's just the worst part of Jerry Lawler for like half of this match, and Jim Ross is Isn't like the only part of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And Jim Ross is doing his best to call what you know this, what bills to be an amazing match. I mean, like I say, like, mm. the, the crowd were dead at the start, and by the end of it, they're on their feet, like going crazy for some of the spots. Even though I think me and um, Cameron discussed this before we started recording, like there's no kind of big crazy spot. Like there well, is like, because. Because no, you're yeah. involved at that point. Yeah. yeah, you haven't got like the spear off the ladder or something crazy like that. It's just like it just builds to like a good finish. And then essentially, once uh, I think the start of the year you, you add in the Duddy Boys, you've got essentially the best era of the tag team division for WWE, I would argue. I agree. Because, and this I'm is why. Agreeing. Well, you can shut up. The, <laughs> basically, what they do here over the next kind of 18 months is they get themselves over again during like the hottest period of wrestling where you've got five or six of the biggest names. Like, you know, you've got the rock stone cold, um, triple H, uh, undertaker, you know, all the kind of really, really big, huge names. And these guys, edge and Christian are part of the reason why tag teams kind of stole the show for a lot of that period. I think it was that whole period from the 2000 Royal rumble through, WrestleMania through SummerSlam, that these three teams came to the forefront and came to the front of the queue as far as tag team wrestling went in America at that point in time because the wrestling Royal Rumble was the tag team table match, which is obviously definitely specialty. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the ladder match, but of course that did have tables involved as well. And yeah. then TLC won. Yeah. They basically combined everything together. Yeah. Which, you know, that, that kind of run of matches, you know, through to. Um, WrestleMania 17 with TLC2 and all that. It's just like, 
they're really killing themselves. And yeah, this match is kind of people to watch because you're kind of thinking how many of those spots Edge has taken has kind of led to his retirement. All of them. Yeah, and also, you know, how many of those spots led to broken Matt Hardy? All, well, God, well, it's not... Well, you know, um, you've got a, the, the seven days. I, I, actually, think, that, I so. actually think broken Matt Hardy might have been down to more of the smoking of the Oregano. <laughs> no, I love... I, uh, I, I, a sideways point, if you've not listened to the podcast he's on with Chris Jericho, Oh, you need to listen to it because he holds that character for like an hour and a half and it's kind of spectacular. Like I <laughs> said, so I, I put on Twitter about, he's like, it, he's being like a more coherent ultimate warrior. Like he's <laughs> taking those kind of mad ultimate warrior, ultimate warrior promos, adding structure and a bit of logic and making, trying to make sense out of it. And it's just glorious. Yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of the uh, last week's stone cold podcast where you think he was getting really pissed off at Dean Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is actually. But yeah, I mean, Edge and Christian, they're kind of defined by those matches. But I think what makes me think they're the best is that, like, outside of that, you know, you had all the great promo work. You had, like, you know, the, the great... with Stone Cold when he was a heel. Yeah, like the, the chicken suit sketch with Kurt Angle, which is just hysterical. <clears throat> Two, three, four. Chris Benoit is here, and he's really mad. Chris Benoit is here, and he's really angry. Here it is in full, but Chris Benoit's song. Is there any wrestler who can prove him wrong? <laughs> Come on, that was pretty good. Oh, that reeked, Nick. We're out of here. Hey, you guys should have been out of here a long time ago. After all, I gave you the night off earlier. But instead, I think I saw you guys interfering in the Hardy's match. We're bored. Oh, I've got a cure for your boredom. Wait, hold on a second here, Mick. I sense some serious sexual overtones oh, happening. With good reason, because my cure for boredom includes opening up that trunk, getting out your gear, getting dressed, and having a tag team contest with the Dudley boys. <laughs> Listen, guys, I happen to be a three-time former WWF champion and a hardcore legend. I never had my own dressing room. Nick, you, you never change your clothes. You just wrestle in what you're wearing. That's a good point. I'm going to play our music. <laughs> you think you know me. You think you know me. That does it. All right. Get out. I can play your music, too. <laughs> it's my time. It's my get time. Out. It's my get time. out. Come on. Get out. Let me tell you about another man who had dreams of gold. Olympic gold. Kurt? Kurt Angle. And it's his suit that got him there. Hey, my chicken suit. Yeah, 224. They just got like all these kind of great spots, but also they kind of managed to keep themselves as good heels during that time as well. Mm-hmm. With the concertos and just being despicable and all that. Again, you know, it's like that heel run into a face turn that kind of makes a big kind of character. And where I think they are the best is like I say, they made it at the biggest periods of wrestling, but also they got a bona fide single stars out of it with Edge. You know, yeah. when they split the well, team, Christian, Christian wasn't terrible either. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't main headlining WrestleMania, was he? He never got interesting. No, no, no. You know, he got you know, he had his uh, yeah, he, uh, he had a, his his team, the Edge Edge Heads. God, yeah, <laughs> they don't count. They don't count. They don't count. <laughs> the point is, like you know, that he was you know for a good kind of five years like a genuine top level you know AAA star with the company came out of the tag team. So you know. So not only did Edge and Christian produce one of the best tag teams and some of the best matches in tag teams, they, you've got like a genuine next level star out of it, which doesn't come along that often with tag teams because they, they tend to split, but they always tend to kind of find their level on the card. Like, yeah, it's kind of like when the APA split, you know, Brad Furk went to one with promos and JBL went on to uh, made multiple runs as champion. Yeah. What is it though that escalated Edge to the main event? I think we know what the answer is. <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. We, the, there was no standout singles match 
that Edge did that was part of, or he was part of that made you look and go, yeah, he's for the main event. That's totally, he's amazing. The only reason that that he was given an opportunity at the main event, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm glad he was because he was turned out to be a brilliant character and you know, th- that's why he's in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah. But the only reason is because he buffed Lita. <laughs> Live that was TV. it. Yeah, it, well, uh, probably a few times beforehand as well, by the sounds oh, of it. Yeah, but not live on TV. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was, you know, they had to run with making him a heel Lothario. And that was the breakaway point for his entire character. Yeah, when that feud when with it Matt Hardy became the Yeah. Well, the feud with Matt Hardy was pretty rubbish because it was obvious that they'd only really got it in and it only lasted about two months. Yeah. But once they broke away from that and he became the rated R superstar. Um, ironically, just as it was going PG, um, <laughs> which is strange. Yeah. Um, but he might, he ran with it anyway. But I would, I would, I, you know, obviously we're not discussing fully Edge's solo career tonight. Yeah. But the only reason he got to that was then that was a bizarrely it was a big help that he shagged his best mate's girlfriend. Yeah. But I think it helped that like they could kind of go back and show all of his kind of TLC matches and stuff in his tag teams. I think I think the, a lot of the yeah. fandom he oh, got yeah, with yeah, that yeah. helped to kind of you know was the foundation of his single, his kind of big singles run. Yeah, but you can't do. That. I mean, the tag team. I don't think Edge Christian were around that long. About four or five years. Mm, Ninety nine to um, probably. Well, I don't even really. I'm just looking it up now. Actually, I think he signed <laughs> in '96, but he debuted in '98. Uh, June the 22nd, 1998. Yeah. So they weren't around that long as a tag team, but I think the impact they had on the division, because people still talk about the other tag team, tag team era now. And to be fair, you know, it is a point of like, by, would they have got over by themselves or did they get over because, you know, you had the Hardy Boys and uh, the Dudleys there at the same time? Well, you've got, you know, three of the best tag teams ever in kind of one place. But I would put Edge Christian at the top because I think they were the kind of true all-round package. I nearly went the Dudley Boys, to be fair. Yeah, because the Dudleys not only did it at WWE, they did it at ECW. They went basically wherever they went, they became you know the, <laughs> they became tag team champions. Yeah, yeah, six riots at ECW shows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I think Edge and Christian as characters were a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. Yeah, it's like that. that whole kind of Commissioner Foley era of wrestling. That's probably my favorite kind of little period, just because it's so stupid at point times and they're so dumb <laughs> and goofy. Like the chicken suit, I just the chicken suit thing just makes me laugh so much. Like it's a great spot, and then Kurt Angle walks into the shot and goes, "Oh yeah, it's my chicken suit," and just like makes it over the top funny. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, Edge and Christian are the best because they manage to get over as a tag team, which I think we can kind of say Vince McMahon doesn't necessarily like tag teams that much. No, because no, he's a definite. Yeah, I think he kind of begrudgingly puts them over. Like he has them on the car because he kind of has to. He realizes he needs this. I don't know if it's like other people trying to push him or something, but I think I think Edge and Christian Hardy's kind of got over without his help in this match at No Mercy. They kind of like I can't remember if they pitched themselves or if they kind of did the five. Uh, this was like the first, uh, the end of five matches. Obviously, they had a few on uh, Raw and SmackDown and stuff. Uh, the whole five second pose started probably summertime, probably around SummerSlam. I think they kind of got that going. Yeah, because it would come out every week. It'd come out every week in like ridiculous outfits. Yeah. Depending where they were in the country, you know, I remember the giant cowboy hats with um, 
when they were in Texas one time. Yeah. The giant like foam cowboy hats. So they'd come out dressed up as a famous person from that area. Um, or come out, you know, dressed up making fun of their opponent or something. Yeah. Oh, and the whole thing with the conquistadores and the conquistadores—they dressed as the conquistadores and stuff to get the belt. That's back. right. Yes. Yep. It's great. It's just it's a great period of just like you know funny, but they they're good heels. They did it all, and they got themselves. They were, yeah, they were probably like one of the top acts in an era where you had like the biggest stars in the world at the company at the same time. So, I think to get over in that kind of um, you know mix is to their credit, and that's why they're the best tag team. And you're all wrong. <laughs> well, so would would you do, would you say the define the attitude era? They're almost kind of post attitude era, aren't they? To be honest. Like, because they kind of came along just as the Attitude Era peaked and it just kind of, like... No, I would say, no, no, 98-99, it only been gone about a year. Yeah, but I mean, like, like, when I think Attitude Era, I think of, like, um, kind of 97 into 98, that kind of period. And then the Attitude Era kind of... Really? Becomes, no, yeah, no, 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 no. 99-2000 was massively Attitude. <laughs> I'd say, attitude. You, your Attitude Era is really... Starts with WrestleMania 14 and ends with WrestleMania 17. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I think, but I think that the they they weren't there at the beginning, but they kind of came up in that middle period of the Attitude Era, kind of towards yeah, 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 the back yeah. End of it. So that's what I'm trying, mm. to, I'm trying to make. Stop ruining my point, boys. I'm not what I'm trying to say. You're ruining it to try to undermine what I'm trying to say that they're the best tag team because they are. So, Cameron, does uh, does your team uh, define an era? Well, I think you'll find, Alan. And thanks for leading me into that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I can hear there's some, there's some kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, they, they teaming up against us here, you and there's some shenanigans going on. You have so, no, you have no fucking clue what's coming <laughs> in about ten minutes time. Oh God! Um, I can't see. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the you're talking about a tag team that defined a whole era, yeah? Mm-hmm. How is about a tag team that defined a whole industry? Oh, here we go. Ooh. Okay. Are we talking about the two guys who were smushed together for no real reason who kind of got over by luck, pure luck? No, we're yeah. talking Yeah, about... that's him. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't know what team you're talking about, uh, um, Phil, but on, I'm talking about the Outsiders. Uh, because when we originally were going to do this, right, I originally had one team and one team in mind. I was like, for about three or four days, I was like going, I'm going to do LOD. I'm, I'm just going to have to do LOD. I'm, that's the only team possible that I can do. Uh-huh. And then I remembered that I've been doing my pay-per-view project and I've watched a lot of Legion of Doom matches around about 97, 98, and they're garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Absolute they are. liquid garbage liquid garbage oh my goodness i am i'm thinking there's no way i can defend that so i thought about it a bit more a bit more a bit more i was like kind of going no i need a team that could um, that really stood out and a team that really changed things and a team that wrestlers now and this will be my point when i'm recommending the outsiders kevin nash and scott hall from a technical wrestling standpoint scott hall quite sound really good it's kevin nash not so much. <laughs> I will probably admit that, you know, Kevin yeah. Nash will probably bust a quad just climbing over the top. He's rope. not the most mobile of wrestlers, is he? No, he's not the most mobile at all. But consider this, that when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall jumped 
to WCW in 1996 when they finished up in the WF and then jumped to WCW they were the first wrestlers to command a guaranteed annual payout that's a very good point they were that the whole reason now why Vince McMahon gives a bottom line guaranteed salary as opposed to the old system of just we'll pay you when we want to because we'll pay you when you do appearances yeah. And if you were then signed a contract to the WF and they didn't want you anymore and you just didn't appear on television, you weren't really paid. <clears throat> Whereas, you know, and the other thing that they got them is days off. Because mm. apparently that's what Scott Hall's whole point is. Scott Hall was interviewed quite recently about it and he said in the WF when he was raised Ramon, he found that yes, you were earning a heck of a lot of money, but you never had any time off to spend it. Mm. You know, you couldn't exactly do anything. And whilst, okay, they don't get, you know, a long time off because, as you know, they make this big boast about how the WF's this, you know, the season never ends. At least they've got something. And that is because the conditions that Nash and Hall got when they signed for WCW, because the competition was that hot and Eric Bischoff gave them that allowance. Vince McMahon knew from that moment forward in order to stop people jumping ship. He had to do exactly the same thing. Well, so the rest, like um, Scott Hall say, when you talk about leaving the WF, he kind of said to his man, "If you give, if you give me less days, I'll stay." Like he didn't say to him, "Like I, I want to stay, I don't want to go." But this is the contract I can get, and then it was like, "Oh, sorry, he, I can't match it," and he went. Yeah, that's it. So he didn't want to go. He just he just couldn't turn down the deal that they offered at the time because it was so good. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a, it was more money. Less for less work, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. and and who doesn't want that? You know. Yeah. So um, the match I picked because I was going to pick the uh, the first time they won the WCW Tag Team Titles of the six times they won the WCW Tag Team Titles um, against uh, Harlem Heat at uh, Halloween Havoc, but we already did that as part of a Halloween Havoc pay per view. So That's I was finish. also, yeah. So I was also thinking um, they were involved. In one of the, and I, this will be the only time in this podcast history that I will defend Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay? wow. <laughs> strapped in right now. It's coming. Yep. Uh, Al, I can up, boys. Al's recording this for Prosperity. Um, <laughs> there's, Hogan was probably, I still think, one of the best heel turns in American pro wrestling history. I agree. A bash at the beach, ninety-six. So my match to pick for Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, the Outsiders, is the main event, uh, which technically is a six-man tag. Um, well, the... hang on. Technically, what? What's going on here? Shenanigans again from the from the politician over there. Hey, shenanigans. Hey, we said tag match. It didn't say it has to be four and four. Look at this. Look at the twist in the words. Disgusting. I'm not twisting the words. It's I'm disgusting. just using the words in front of me. Disgusting. This is. Carry on. So, yeah, it's the match where um, it's Lex Luger, Randy Savage, and Sting representing WCW against uh, the Outsiders, Nash, and Hall. Because let's not forget they were called the Outsiders because the impression they wanted to give is the fact that although they never directly mentioned it, in fact, there was a court case that Vince McMahon brought against them that they couldn't mention it directly. But the impression Bischoff wanted to give is that these guys were from the WWF Mm. and they'd come to take over WCW. And your southern wrestling fans and the you know, old southern territories for Jim, uh, Jim Crockett didn't like the idea of um, anyone up north coming oh. down south to take over their patch. Because, you know, it's wrestling down there. It's it's good wrestling. old southern wrestling. Yes, good old southern wrestling. 
Um, so when uh, Nash and um, Hall said that they had a third man who was in the building, but they hadn't appeared yet, because at the start of the match, uh, Mean Gene gets in and says, you know, I don't see a third guy in this ring. And then it's like going, oh, you know, we'll just take him on ourselves. He's in the building. He'll be here when he's ready. I was hoping to get one of the outsiders out here for some kind of an idea, some kind of word regarding who their third man is. I mean, we have had speculation in recent weeks on numerous people that could fill that particular position, the third man to join these two big men. And then within a few moments in the match, uh, Lex Luger is knocked unconscious on the outside, meaning it's a straightforward two-on-two. See, Phil? (laughs) All right, Uh, calm yourself. And it's uh, Savage and uh, Sting uh, representing WCW against um, Nash and Hall. And then, obviously, infamously, um, towards the end of the match, Hulk Hogan comes down seemingly to save WCW. Although my argument is that Bobby Heenan nearly ruins the entire moment. Hulk Hogan is here! Hulk Hogan's here! Hulk Hogan is in the building! You're damn right he is! Go get him, Hulkster! Yeah, but whose side is he on? Go, what are you talking about? Whose side is he on? What are you talking about? Because he fluffs his lines. It's kind of, yeah, it's, what is he doing here? He just directly <laughs> says, but whose side is he on? And then yeah. they have to kind of, uh, Dusty Rhodes and um, Shivani have to kind of cover for him and go, Who are you, what, what possibly are you suggesting? Well, Dusty Rhodes has to think of what he's probably never used before. Yeah, um, and then uh, Hogan leg drops Randy Savage and it become, and the, it's the moment that all the garbage is thrown at the ring. And Hogan cuts the classic promo of all oh, this garbage in the middle of the ring, brother, represents the fans. He can cut a good promo, that Hogan. Oh, when he when he puts his mind to it, Al, when he's actually arsed, then yes. <laughs> and when he's not, you know, when he's the centre of attention and there's no one else to build up around him, then yes. Well, yeah. he had two other guys. He didn't, you know, he had two other guys. Your greatest tag team he had to share the stage with. Yeah, yeah, but it's still uh, the focus is still on Hogan. But anyway, yeah. this time it, this time it warrants it because the focus should be on Hogan at the end of this. Because so what it, you're saying is Hogan's better than your tag team? That's what I'm saying what is like. they were they were a cohesive unit that started the NWO, one of the main, uh, one of the best heel wrestling stables until such a thing got a little bit hackneyed and sort of done to the death. Um, in the last, you mean few when years. Virgil joined? Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> Vincent, Al, Vincent. Oh, sorry. Um, legal reasons. Can I lay um, down my count argument now? Do you want to save it to the end of the podcast? Um, I'll save, save it, it to, to the end. end. Save it to the end. Save it to the end. We'll do yeah. it at the end. We'll do it at the end because I am absolutely gagging for Al. <laughs> First time. Is it my turn? You're absolutely gagging for Al. You genuinely said that then. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, gagging for Al. Gagging for that Johnny Maestro. Well, he's well, 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 Let's everyone be quiet. Al, well, it, 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 you probably shows. know I, I've chose an older, an older tag team because I love Cal that sort of era. I've, um, I've chosen one with quite a bit of history. Actually, this this oh, tag yeah. team uh, has been wrestling in quite a lot of promotions. They've uh, they've done Japan, they've done Stampede, they've done AWA, they've done NWA, they've done ECW. They've uh, they've got a career spanning quite a lot of years. Ring they've, of Honor, Al. Ring of Honor. Uh, oh yeah, even Ring of Honor. They've uh, they've oh, wrestled God. in. You see, this is some tag actually, team. This and then they take their rightful place. They've got in the WWE Hall of Fame. They've got one of the most devastating finishing moves ever. They've got one of the greatest managers ever. 
They've been given numerous awards through uh, Wrestling Observer magazine. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Bushwhackers. I knew it! I knew it! You've gone mad. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, I knew we'd do something like this. Right, I call bullshit on this right now. Alex. Right, oh. let me. Let, let, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've had your chance to talk. This is my chance to talk. To be fair, I'll, 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 right. I'll, 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 I'll sorry, sorry, right. the 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 wrestle stampede for Stuart under the name of the Sheep Herders. Nothing wrong with that. They uh, then came to WWF as the Bushwaggers with such legendary feuds with the Bolsheviks. The Rougeaus, the Beverly Brothers, it's like a who's who of tag team wrestling. Uh, the greatest manager they had was Jameson. <laughs> he hit me! And who who could forget the devastating Bushwhacker Batroom round? Nobody gets up from that. No one. No, no one. At all. Um, no, the, no one. They had a five star match with the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov at um, uh, Heroes of Wrestling pay per view. Is that a genuine five star match? Um, oh, sorry, no, it's negative five stars, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, That's the minus. They've, they've won, they've won um, numerous, tw- twice, twice, they've run uh, Wrestling Observer's um, Worst Tag Team of the Year. <laughs> in 92 and 94. Um, but no, we're not all that against them. They're, uh, they're in the, they're, they're in the, they're in the, they've got the rightful place in the Hall of Fame. And you wonder what match am I going to choose for these two legends? It's a doozy. And I was, it's an I was, doozy. I was struggling, oh you know, because they've had that many. But you know how you said Cameron cheated by having an extra man in his. Well, I've cheated as well. So I've, I've went for the classic of Survivor Series '90, where they dress up as Doink the Clown oh and team oh, with no. men on a mission. Take oh. on the Head Shrinkers, Bastian Booger and Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh God. Jesus 93, Christ. Al, you said 90, it's 93. Oh, are you sure? I thought it was 93, I know it's 93. Are you sure? It's 93, you said 90. Oh, I was too excited, Cameron, that was my problem. Too I got well, too excited. I can see why. Well, it's it's a classic fair, of the... I remember there's a great moment in the match where um, I think at some point, like, I think it's Bama Bigelow just, like, starts treating like a real match to one of the push <laughs> He's just, like, he just starts beating him up really harsh. He's like, what the hell is this stupid? I'm not here for a match. <laughs> Well, you know, who else has ever been pinned or slipped on a banana skin? Yeah, they bring up the... Oh, they do! It's that one, isn't it? Oh, my God! Well, wait a minute, they slipped on a banana peel! Count of three! I've seen it all! No, you haven't! It's still going! (laughs) Who else... Who else has ever been pinned after biting a balloon full of water? Oh, it's Mabel and, Doink, isn't it, as well? Yes. And how oh. many how many pinfalls are being counted by all four men to pin them one person? <laughs> I ask you that. <laughs> oh, my That's God. That's a good point. It, it is. So, so you know. And, and how many how many matches have a black man going around on a scooter? It's just the most greatest match ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> 
So there it is, my there it is, gentlemen. My argument: <laughs> the greatest tag team ever is the Bushwhackers. Also, if I might add, they do have one of the best Hall of Fame speeches ever. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cousin Butch, that's not the way you do it today, mate. Whoa! G'day, WWE Universe! Very good. Very good, Cousin Luke. Mateys, it's been a long journey. Since hiding the shores of North America, we came here in 1972, and today we stand on the biggest stage in sports entertainment, the 2015 WWE Hall of Fame. Right, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not quite up there with uh, the infamous "My Mother" one. <laughs> no, but it's, it's 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 certainly more bearable. Yes, it is. To be fair to him, right? To be fair to Jordy Al, I did have a Bushwhackers t-shirt growing up as I was a kid. <laughs> I, I, I had a Tiger t-shirt and also the Tiger Tomahawk as well. And also, there is a very famous video of uh, Roddy Piper bust himself in the head with a beer bottle. You all seen that? Promo. He's doing that to prove himself about how tough he is for a match with the sheep herders. Watch this now. <laughs> That is a genuine beer. I just checked it, does not see. Oh, All right. Come here, Bob. Come here. I want Whoa. you to see the glass in my hand. And you listen to me, sheep herders. You listen to me. This would knock just any normal man down, sheep herders. But I want you to just think about one thing. This getting this title in the cage is gonna make forty-five thousand dollars difference in my annual earnings, brother. This is the biggest match of my life, and I'm gonna do it with my partner. And you listen to me. There's an old saying, sheep herders. You think we're just getting started? Saddle the ponies. Listen to me, brother. Saddle your pony. You bet. Sheep herders, you're in for a treat. It is showdown time. And showdown time, you bet. And we ain't even saddled our ponies yet. And animals like you, sheep herders, you put them in a cage, or we put them to sleep forever. around the place here. We're going to be taking a break in a minute. I notice there's glass in the ring, so somebody will have to remove that. Way. you know other than that they are just shit and another point Cameron <laughs> goes on about how Hulk Hogan's greatest heel turn the Bushwhackers were involved in one of the greatest heel turns in wrestling yeah, it's called the wrestling career when did they turn <laughs> heel? did they turn shit. heel no no they were they were teaming they were teaming with somebody who turned on them god go and on, it was, was it was a night of um, the Nasty Boys and Earthquake against the Bushwhackers in Tugboat. Oh, and oh, Tugboat no. turned oh, on them God. to form another great tag team of the Natural Disasters. Al, how did he... Tugboat just nailed Jimmy Hart. Oh, oh hell, the Bushwhacker. No, no, he's just... Jimmy, Jimmy Hart. He nailed the Bushwhacker. He nailed the Bushwhacker. Wrestling so hard that he 
he's forgetting who's on his side and who's on the other team. That's I don't think he forgot anything. The earthquake on to Robin. No! That's my buddy! You gotta give happened. the assist to the tugboat right there because he wore the bushwhacker down. You gotta call it fair. I don't get it! You need to write a book of the shittest oh, tag team dynasties in wrestling. <laughs> Because the knowledge you've got of this this timeline alone is amazing for such a crap tag team. If I can just read um, uh, an entry here, boys. Oh, please at, do, Cameron. Please do. At the 1991 Royal Rumble, Williams set the record for the least amount of time in the ring at four seconds. The Bushwhackers, <laughs> rece- the Bushwhackers received a shot at the WWF World Tag Team titles on the 27th of April edition of Saturday night's main event against the Nasty Boys. They were defeated. <laughs> in a televised six-man tag match, oh, the Bushwhackers God. teamed with Tugboat against Earthquake and the Nasty Boys. Tugboat turned on his partners after a few minutes of action and joined Earthquake in attacking the two New Zealanders. After the heel turn, Tugboat changed his name to Typhoon, and together they became known as the Natural Disasters. Disasters. The Bushwhackers were defeated at SummerSlam 91 <laughs> by Easily the defeated. Disasters. <laughs> they, uh... Easily defeated. Oh He's like, but I, th- I think uh, the, the fact that um, I mean, how many tag team titles have the Bushwhackers won in WF? Yeah. Well, none. But still, <laughs> yeah, my, my point is, my point is, Al, oh, they've God. won no tag team. They won. They didn't win the tag team titles in the WWF. Yet yeah, we're still. Yet we're still. Yet we're still talking about them. Well, well, you know, you know, in the later career, Shawn Michaels was so good. He didn't need his, a title, you know. He was just so yeah. good in the ring. They didn't put a title on him. Are you with that. Well, well, there you go. Calling in the there show, stop, the Bushwhackers of the show. They did stop the show, all right. People go, <laughs> what the hell is this? I mean, I went, you know, I mean, you know, you, you bring your kids to the wrestling, and two grown men start licking them. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I think it was very acceptable in the eighties. I, I genuinely can't believe we're here at this place right now. Although actually well, you, I can. Well, I really, I should well, be able to fully into it, shouldn't I? Phil, when I told you it was a doozy. <laughs> so, have I won this then, yeah? <laughs> I think you have, Al. I think we can go to bed now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Good night, Al. <laughs> night, night. <laughs> he just turned himself off. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you instructed out the call. Has he? Yeah. No, no, I'm still here. No, you and us. No, you and... <laughs> he was left in disgust. <laughs> he shot himself. He's like, screw <laughs> this. What kind of crap show is this? Bringing the bushwhackers? No, 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 no. He's off to watch the best of the bushwhackers on the network. That's what he's off to do. Oh, we're back in a minute. Off, we're back in a minute. He's off to he's off to watch that Survivor Series match. <laughs> he isn't at all. because he, he, he knows that. Oh, that's I remember watching that match, and it was terrible. <laughs> See, it, it was not. Been- and Vince is going, hey, Mabel's having so much fun in there. Womp, there it is. Womp, there it is. It's awful. But it's good um, in a really awful kind of way. No, it's just awful. No, 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 no. Yes, no. it's just awful. No, no, Al's right. It's Al's... like the worst. That Al's right. is the worst. In fact, you know what? I think I'm just I'm going to give up defending um, Nash and... Um, <laughs> I'm just going to defend the Bushmarkers. Yeah. That's... Look. Look, that's, look. That's, that's kind of 50% of the podcast. <laughs> I, will, the I will defend the Bushwhackers, but I'm not going to die on this hill. Like, you can't have them as the best tag team. You just can't. We're, Why we're, not? What credibility will we have as a wrestling podcast if we do that? We've done an awful lot of stuff to ruin our credibility, but this is a step too far. Yeah, we're going to draw a line that, somewhere. That, in, that infers we have any credibility to begin with. We do. <laughs> 
God damn it. <laughs> what other what other wrestling podcast would have the wrestling insight exactly. to name the Bushwhackers as the, <laughs> the, the, the best tag team? It's, 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 we're seeing things that other people just can't see. Oh, no, I, I could see potential there. I can exactly. Hear, I can hear Cameron using it, it, his full political powers on this to get this over. <laughs> yeah, not, there, I've there, even got Ewan to help oh, me. Hang on, hang on, hang on. If Ewan's not here, then do we win two to one? Um, I, I will have to see if Ewan comes back on, but you might be right there, Al. <laughs> I want you to. I want you to play the bushwhacker jingle theme at some point when you're editing this. It was. It would have kicked in straight away when you said the bushwhackers. It would have just landed straight there. Oh, they, remember they, what was the real moment we did? They broke the trombola because they were just being loud New Zealand people. <laughs> I think it was 89, I yeah. think it was. Oh, Luke, I got a number. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bloody good one, mate. Yeah, yeah a bloody good one, mate. Hey. Don't they swap numbers? I'm sure they just swap numbers. They do. Oh, because they're, they're idiots. <laughs> uh, and they win the gimmick battle royal. Uh, yeah, they're amazing. And they're in the Hall of Fame. What more do you want? Oh, and, and they're, back, they're a member of the Dudley family. Please come back, Ewan. <laughs> no, I think he's gone. Cousin <laughs> Butch Dudley and cousin Luke Dudley. Yes, I'm trying to get him back disguise. on. I'm well, trying to get him back on. I think he. I think he's gone. Poor drops. Well, I'm afraid he's got a minute. Otherwise, we're declaring <laughs> the Bushrock as the winner. <laughs> oh God, I can't. I can't. I don't. I don't even know what to do. You don't even know what to say. I had a whole argument against Cameron as well. I can't even like. There's no point in me discussing that. He's dropped the ball there already. Well, well. Whilst we're, whilst we're waiting on you, and what what was the argument against? My point against... against the outsiders was: yes, they were part of one of the greatest teams ever, and yes, they changed the industry, but they also did as much damage to the industry as they did goodness to it. Because right. it's their actions that caused the death of WCW, and therefore land us in a world where we've only got one big giant proper big company in charge of wrestling. So. I think you'll find, though, that if you're talking about um, destroying WCW, I think um, many people blame that on Kevin Nash and his booking t- time at the yeah. booking squad, yeah. which was done as an individual, not as part of a tag team. <laughs> but okay. it was the, so act- talking about- it was the it was- actions of creating the NWO that led them to that point, though. Like, like, and by the time they ended their run, it was just terrible. Are you well, back? It- by Eric Bischoff's admission, when he had the NWO, the only people that he on that squad initially that could have a decent match was probably Scott Hall. Yeah, he was. So once once Scott Hall kind of fell victim to his addictions, that was it. They had to, they had to kind of bring in other people at the NWO to kind of bol- bol- that, um, bolster that, it a little bit. Is that you and back in the call? That I think is you and back in the call. Hello. Should I bring you? Should I bring you up to speed, you So where we are is I was arguing that we can't have the outsiders because they've done. As much good as they did for wrestling, they've done more damage by being part of the decline and destruction of WCW. But well, they kill an entire company, yeah. But that entire argument is moot because Cameron's thrown in his lot with the Bushwhackers. Yeah. And wow. apparently the Bushwhackers are going to win because <laughs> the ultimate well, politician can, is there. Can I just add the Bushwhackers are the only actually definitive proper tag team amongst all this? I think they came Christian. in No, they didn't. Came in as a tag team. They wrestled all their career as a tag team and they left as a tag team. They did not feud against each other. They did not team with anybody else. They are the definitive of a tag team. Oh, was that so they're going to give it to Al then? <laughs> God. 
he's come in with like a really good point. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say with him, Al. I, I bow to you. He's, he's, he's right. He is right. He's absolutely <laughs> right. Oh, God, no. he is. <laughs> like Phil said, I'm going to attack. Phil, okay. Breathe. <laughs> well played, Al. Well played. He's out for all of us, hasn't he? He's out fucked all of us. <laughs> Like the old, like he's the game. That's who Jordi Al is. The cerebral assassins outthought all of us. We just it's, play it's, things for him, and he's just 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 twisted us around his things like puppets. Hey, speak for yourself. I was an accomplice in this. <laughs> <laughs> so are we? Al wins. Are we genuinely saying the bushwhackers are the best tag team? <laughs> Yes, we, we are. Yes, we are. they are. Yes. Am I genuinely going to update our website to say that that the best tag team ever, <laughs> the greatest tag team of all time? It'll certainly get some uh, listens anyway. Is the Bushwhackers? This, this, this is official last show. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> it's been a fun two years. <laughs> I can't believe it. On his bed, he's out thought it's on his bed. <laughs> yeah. Eating a bar of Frosties. Out of thunk all of us. Don't forget the sandwich. And a sandwich. He wasn't even trying. He was having some food. Out thinking all of us. Like, he's just done like the podcast equivalent of like a Cruyff turn on us. I yes, think I'm going yes. this way. Bang, he's gone that way and he scored. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I can't. I can't. Up is down, down is up. What's I going can't on? even. I don't even. Oh, I'm going to have to get. I can't. I'm walking away from this microphone. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. Oh my. I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, I'm not going to make. So, so, who's second then? Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even understand what's going on in this place. I don't even. I just don't get it. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't. I just. I had to go get a drink then. I had to go walk into my kitchen, away from my microphone, and just get a drink. Because. <laughs> I don't understand oh. what's happened tonight. I don't, don't understand what's happened here. <laughs> the world doesn't understand what happened today. Well, are we, are we officially discounted I, the, the outsiders because they've ruined the whole company? Yes. Yes. Fine. Right. I'm yeah. out. So, bushwhackers. <laughs> I can see the bushwhackers. <laughs> you, you just conceded already. So it's the bushwhackers, isn't it? Is it? That's what it is. Yeah. Can, can I just say in another defence of the bushwhackers? I went to watch them in 1993 at a house show against the Beverlies. Oh my god, there, there was so there was so good a crowd interaction. It was fantastic. That's probably how they kept the job for so many years because they worked house shows so well. You sacked, yeah. You sacked. <laughs> You you are gone. I can't. No, I can't. I can't believe I'm going to type the bushwhackers <laughs> onto the bloody website to say they're the best tag team of all time. Oh, they're simply just the best tag team out of our section. Simply the best. So what, what we need to do now is we need to encourage people who are listening to this to get in touch with us meal. on. <laughs> what was that? Get in touch with us on Twitter at. <laughs> At the Conquistadors, telling us um, if they can think of any tag team that's better than the Bushwhackers. Yeah. <laughs> Using the criteria that's been laid out by Al. Yeah. <laughs> can't believe. I can't 
Yeah, bring the Geordie Moisture is out thoughtless. And he had like an accomplice. Well, you know, because technically, with uh, me also going along with the bushwhackers, I'm still on the winning team in this. (laughs) And that's that's important. Can I tell you what my number two pick would have been? Go on. Was at this point? Go on. The Mega Powers. Oh, God. That is actually ironic, Al. Well, you weren't going to pick that, were you? No, but at least right. very nicely into I have the next pick. Oh. oh. I'm very happy you mentioned the Mega Powers because... Oh, no. We're going to go back a wee bit in time. We're going to go uh-huh. back to April 2nd, 1989. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plaza. We're going to WrestleMania 5, the Mega Powers explode. Interesting. Yeah. And so does my underpants. Right. <laughs> Go <laughs> on, oh, because he's in bed and he's probably naked. I don't want to think about this anymore. He's really excited enough after the Bushwhackers win. Uh, also, this guy actually also contains a Bushwhackers match, which I didn't even think about. <laughs> oh, 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 no, 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 no. I've got a spoiler for you. I've got a spoiler for you. Uh, when you watch the Bushwhackers match against the Rougeaus, right? Yeah. yeah. This is another reason why they're the greatest tag team. Uh-huh. There's a brilliant bit where um, one of them's got look up for a body slam. And for no reason at all, he just reaches down and feels his cock. For no reason at all, <laughs> he just feels he just feels oh one of the Rousseau's penises. No, so so I want you to spot that one when you watch WrestleMania Five. Just, just casual groping. So that's where we're going. WrestleMania Five. Oh, amazing! Absolutely amazing. Which God, God rest- it's declared one of the worst, the worst wrestling meets the worst major wrestling show of 1989 by the Wrestling Observer. <laughs> I mean, I mean, God, the Bushwhackers and WrestleMania Five in the same night—it just doesn't get any better. <laughs> this has got fourteen matches on it. I can't, I can't even. <laughs> it feels broken. Is, I'm broke. I'm broken, Phil Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Irish? This podcast must be documented. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say deleted. There. Delete! I just thought that as delete! Well. The final deletion! Oh my god. Oh. Is this when the xylophone music comes into it? It is an extraordinary xylophone. <laughs> Why did you turn to Dusty Rhodes there for the end? I don't know. Oh, right, so that's the end. He's a xylophone, brother. <laughs> he brings in a xylophone and he hits him with it over the head and we get to the finish. <laughs> Sense of African film. It's African. It's a blood diamond, brah. Anyway, listen. Oh, right. God. <laughs> was, was Skinner South African or was he just from like Louisiana or somewhere? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He was from the Everglades. Everglades, yeah. He anyway. Was. I, I, I've, I've lost control. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> are we finishing now? I don't know what's... Uh, are, we, are, we, are we doing an order or is it just number one count? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the the Bushwhackers won. Just leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it alone. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Just, just, <laughs> just be happy with your Pyrrhic victory that's caused the death of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just, I hope, I, like, I, I hope you're pleased with yourself. That's all I can say. I hope you're pleased with yourself. I like how Al wants to do an order as if to say, arrange my <laughs> fallen enemies. <laughs> Finally, I shall point to laugh at each one. Uh, <laughs> like, they had the best match of the best WrestleMania. 
and the bushwhackers beat him. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. The bushwhackers went on after Edge and Christian at WrestleMania 17, actually. <laughs> well, they did. True. <laughs> 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 I just got like a sorry, I just put like a pillow over my face and I was screaming into it. <laughs> Nothing unusual there. Uh, right, so next week then, next show, sorry, will be WrestleMania five. WrestleMania five. Please God leave some feedback somewhere. <laughs> please send us like hope. <laughs> yeah, please. I've got none left. It's just gone out of my body tonight because the greatest tag team in the history of professional wrestling is the Bushwhackers. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Not me, for definite. Oh, dear. Oh, what's I have no idea what to do now. I'm just, I just don't know what to do. Let's just end it. <laughs> just like, that's, that's the final word of the pocket. Let's just go. Well, well I'm going to end it by saying, God darn mate. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, you got to put a little bit of casual racism in there at the end, haven't you? It was a catchphrase. It was a catchphrase. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> it's, getting, it's, getting, it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> Feel better now. <laughs> what just happened? That. Glorious. This bunch of film rocking back and forth in his chair, cuddling his phone. Glorious. Glorious. Bye. Bye. Imagine, imagine, imagine sitting here knowing that was coming. <laughs> oh, you're an asshole, Cameron. Yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, did you, you anticipate the point I made? You bastard. I, I, I there it is. Whoopsie, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the conquistadors have left the building. <laughs>